Welcome to our Spiritual Resilience Podcast with Reverend Rich Taffel, a transformative leader and executive coach in areas of public policy, social change, and spiritual entrepreneurship. We understand that today's life and social challenges require a more holistic approach, including spiritual tools, thoughtful dialogue, and of course, community building. Join us in the conversation. Thanks for joining us again to look at ways that we can become more spiritually resilient in these challenging times. Last week we discussed self-awareness. And once we are aware uh, and we feel like we're called to do something, that's the moment when we need moral courage to show up for our role. This week we'll be looking at what moral courage is and how we can develop it as a spiritual practice. So let's start. What exactly is moral courage? It's the ability to overcome fear and stand up for your core values and your ethical obligations. It is stepping up and showing up to do what is morally right, even when it's unpopular. So all of us like to be liked. We are eager to get along. Most all of us, we, we really don't enjoy conflict. That's not really a bad thing most of the time. But there are times in our life when we need to confront a situation or step up to a cause, but we fear being criticized, attacked, and in severe situations, even killed. There are times we need to do, as uh, Henry David Thoreau once said, cast conformity behind you and push back against the pressure to go along with the crowd. This is even more important when the crowd becomes the mob. The great leaders of all times who changed the world for the better stood up for what they believed, regardless of the sacrifice involved. And one of our great fears is not just being criticized, but being criticized within our own tribe, within our own group, by people who we're close to, people on our side. So people who take a morally courageous position are often criticized from their own side. Um, I, mean, I know on a personal level, when I've had moments of uh, courage, not all that many, but there have been moments where I feel like I've been courageous, uh, my resilience in those moments came from a higher source, a clear connection to God. I know, at least for me, I could not have done it if it hadn't been for a sense that God was with me. And I knew that people who were attacking me or insulting me didn't know me, and I would not let that define me. So for me, this concept of moral courage is reminding ourselves that God loves us. And that's an, a, a mantra that we can all remember and use. And I encourage you, when you feel a call to be courageous, to remind yourself that God loves you and is closest to you when you show courage.
Having the power of God working through you to give you the courage to show up, step up, and stand up against tough situations is the definition, really, of what it is to be active in the world. We're taught that it's not good enough to think the right thoughts, have the right ideas, have wonderful discussions. We are required to act, and to do that, we have to develop moral courage and step into our fears. And our fears are a really good place to start. We all have them, and fears are actually, in many cases, a very good thing. You know, when you fear you're stepping into traffic and you fear you think you see a car coming and you fear it, that's a very good instinct that tells you, get off the street. Um, so our fears, they can be very good. Sometimes our fears can take over the dialogue in our head and dominate and ruminate and take over. And so then it's not healthy. But for the most part, we need to pay attention to our fears because those fears can motivate us. And when we step into our fears, we can act with courage. Um, another example from my own life that I can share, and I look forward to yours, but a moment when I remember being very afraid was uh, in my 20s, and I was reading about all these people dying from AIDS, and there was no sign of a good treatment, and didn't really know how it spread, and I was just afraid. And, uh, and it wasn't wrong to be afraid. It was good to be afraid in some ways because you, know, you, you had to be very careful. And during that time, I had a dream. And I was walking through very tall grass and I could hear something following me. And then I heard a roar. And I looked back and I saw glimpses through that grass of a tiger that was following me. And I ran faster, and it ran faster. But then in the dream, I stopped, turned around, and looked that tiger in the face. And it looked right back at me. And I woke up, probably a little terrified. And as I'm sure you've heard from other sermons, I take dreams seriously. I, I try to write them down. I try to interpret them. Some are important, most are not, but this one, I got the message, write it down, figure it out. So I, I focused on it for a while and what came to me was that uh, the tiger represented my fears and the solution was to confront it. And I believe that that's the beginning of moral courage. It's turning into our fears, the things we are afraid of, paying attention to them and stepping into them and doing something new and taking a new action. When we find ourselves complaining about things or dreading things or blaming others, it's a sign that we're not really stepping into our fears. We're being dominated by it. So turning back into it and saying, what action can I take to address this? In that case, I went on to volunteer to be an AIDS buddy, and it turned out literally to be the most powerful life decision I think I made in my life. So that's probably why it sticks with me. Now, we do need to pay attention between moral courage and self-righteousness. We have a lot of people thinking they're speaking truth to power 
when more often they're just preaching to the choir. Moral courage manifests itself by taking responsibility ourselves. And self-righteousness takes the shape of blaming other people and usually shaming other people. So if you find yourself in a victim mode, blaming all those things and all those people and all those things in the world for things that aren't going well in your life, you're not acting from moral courage. Moral courage sees the world as it is. It's less interested in judging it or condemning it. And it's more interested in just saying, okay, that's the way it is. How do I hold true to my own principles, even if they're unpopular, to work for justice? The Bible is a story from beginning to end of ordinary people stepping up and showing up and showing moral courage. It starts in the beginning with Abraham accepting God's call to create Israel. It goes through the life of Jesus is a story of moral courage and the text we read today tells of his arrest and refusal to engage in violence. And it ends with St. John and his vision of a holy city in Revelations where he wrote that when he was in prison because of his courage. In each case, people faced their fears, took responsibility, and did the right thing. It's tough to be courageous today. I think it's getting harder. And more and more people just tell me, you know, Rich, I just want to keep my head down. In today's culture war, both sides are using shame and humiliation, both to punish their opposition, but also worse, to punish the people on their own team so that they can all focus on a common enemy. The result of this is what the research group More in Common describes as the most voters are called the exhausted majority, too afraid, too exhausted to say anything for fear of what they'll be called or what will happen to them. And we can see this in our political life of, of both sides calling names. Uh, the governor of Florida's press secretary recently was speaking about uh, new legislation that bans teaching of homosexuality in schools. We could debate that topic. It's, it's worthy of debate. But when, when a journalist challenged it, she called the person questioning the new policy a groomer, meaning that you support grooming children, you're a pedophile. So instead of responding to the questions about the issue, we just call names. And that's a scary name to be called, a pedophile. On social media and college campuses, you can just simply call a person a sexist, a racist, or a homophobe, and you can ruin a career. And it stifles people's willingness to have dialogue, and it foments fear. College surveys now show that the rising generation of college students now say that they are afraid to share their opinions in class for fear it could destroy their career. So cancel culture makes courage difficult. It's very real and it will require morally courageous leaders on colleges and universities to make campuses a place where we can have free speech and discuss again. Last week I joined the group Braver Angels. It's the, the nation's leading left-right dialogue organization and we did a a presentation in Burlington, Vermont at a conference on the topic of polarization. And a woman in the audience came up to me afterwards saying she was a progressive, her husband was a conservative, and the school, uh, the middle school that her son was in, had just launched a social justice curriculum. And her son came home every day crying 
because he feared speaking out and felt his dad was being attacked and he felt shut down. She said, what do I do? So instead of empowering moral courage, we're too often instilling fear, particularly in young people. And that's not a good thing. But there are people I find in, in the daily news that I read who are you know, speaking against the mob. Um, Liz Cheney is a congresswoman, was a congressman, she, she won't be for long, from Wyoming. She agreed to participate in a panel to explore the causes of the January 6th riots. And then she was attacked, demonized by her own friends, her own party, and she lost her job in Congress. And I can tell you the biggest fear members of Congress have is losing their seat. And she knew that if she took her stand and had courage, she would lose that position. She did it, so I was impressed. Um, I was amazed to see this last week. Maybe you saw this on Russian television. You see it on Twitter. A commentator, Boris Najin, I'm sure I mispronounced his name, uh, was on the show and he's commenting and he says, you know, Russia will not conquer Ukraine. We should be negotiating peace. And he described in great detail Russia's efforts as a failure. And I thought to myself, my goodness, how long is this guy going to be alive? Because that takes courage. And then again, this past, in the past few days, a very sad scene took place. It was sort of right out of the movie The Handmaiden's Tale. In Iran, a 22-year-old woman refused to wear her head covering. Masha Amini was beaten to death by Iran's morality police after the president of Iran ordered a crackdown on women not covering their heads. And I watched the attack, you can see it online, and it's quite horrible. And the government of Iran, in, in response to that, also announced it would be using surveillance cameras to further crack down on women. Imagine the courage that she had, and unfortunately she has uh, died. So people, are, people do find that courage to stand up. There is a rise in authoritarianism around the world. It's not limited to the West, the East. It's not limited to left or right. It's a growing trend. People are looking to strong, usually men, sometimes women, who will be very aggressive and be very totalitarian. And that is an important moment for all of us to be willing to speak out and have moral courage, or we can lose the democracy that we have. I don't know that I would have the courage of a Masha, a Liz, or a Boris, but we are called to do that. And we're called to speak against the crowd sometimes and definitely against the mob. So this is something we can ask ourselves. Are we willing to act against injustice? Are we willing to even lose our life for our beliefs? Now, each time we have a question, we say, how do we develop these, this practice? How do you develop more courage? My experience is there's no shortcut, that it's something that you can only do by trying. You slowly build it up. You, it's not head knowledge. It's not six practices you can write down and memorize. It's by just taking small steps of being morally courageous in our own lives. We know the things that we believe in and we need to stand for. And it doesn't have to be monumental. It doesn't have to be life and death. It can be just very simple things. It usually is. Um, just here's a concrete example that I saw in our own faith community. Last year, I was on a call with Cheryl and Katarina, and uh, Cheryl was particularly saying, you know, I've, I feel this call to help disadvantaged young people in Washington, D.C., particularly kids who kind of fall out of the school system, and just feel like there's nothing for them. 
And I, I remember Cheryl saying something to this effect. And I'm, I'm sure I'm not quoting accurately. She said, I see the problem and I'm waiting for someone to do something. And then I knew I had to step up and do something. And so she did. And the two of them exercised moral courage and they built Soulful Life University. And this last week they had their first set of classes for young people who feel that they've been knocked out of the system and need navigation skills to get back into adulthood. And so those two stood up, they did something. Moral courage is simply saying yes to God's call for justice in this world and a call to stand up to bullies and the mob. We can develop that ability by confronting our own fears, trusting in God to know what to do next. So how about you? Are there small steps in your life that you need to step into? We live in times of chaos and a movement toward authoritarianism. And it's important in this moment for us to step up, show up, and be courageous as we accept God's call for action in our lives. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Spiritual Resilience Podcast with Reverend Rich Taffel. We invite you to reach out to us with your questions and comments, as well as proposed topics for discussion. Sending you love and light. Till next episode.